the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 258. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Damien O'Carroll. Hey, yeah, Damien. Great to have you back on the show again. Thank you. Great to be here. Now, for those maybe haven't caught you before or wanting a little bit of a reminder, where do you fit into the, the world of, well, journalism for you, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. I'm a motoring journalist. Um, I write for the New Zealand Herald's Driven section. I've got my own website called oversteer.co.nz, and I'm basically a, a freelancer who'll write for anyone that'll pay me. Uh, but I'm also the host of the New Zealand Motoring Podcast. Excellent. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and you always have great opinions on technology matters and, and hence why I thought it was about time we got you uh, got you back in the studio um, not necessarily informed opinions it's just a good one no I yeah. think you're usually pretty up with the play now first up we've got this story and this really affects everyone everyone in New Zealand who uses online services like Netflix and so on that are you know coming in from outside and and you know I know most most of us well the two of us in this room certain, <laughs> certainly use these types of services among, amongst Absolutely. other things and yeah we've now got that confirmation that the the so-called Netflix tax launches here in New Zealand October 2016 so we've got about a year to get ready for it and and what it means is those offshore services, which in the past there haven't been any sort of tax applied to, and which has created a bit of an unlevel playing field, to be fair. So if we take Netflix versus, say, Lightbox or, or QuickFlix, which are uh, local services, then Netflix, if they charge the same amount of money, they make a whole lot more exactly. because there's there's no GST component. And so this will sort of balance, uh, balance that up. And, you know, it won't just be Netflix it, it impacts. It'll be, you know, iTunes, movie rentals and, you know, varying other things. What it is focused on is really the, the digital services, goods and services delivery. Uh, so this law isn't around, you know, changing how things are taxed for those that are buying physical goods offshore. And there's still that, you know, sub $400 price or you bring those lower cost items in and you don't get charged GST so this could cover examples uh, um, ebooks uh, for instance buying off amazon.com ebooks uh, music there are a whole range of services there in terms of Spotify and Apple Music and now uh, Google have, have just launched their uh, you know YouTube uh, music as, a, as an independent yeah. thing uh, videos and, and software uh, probably some some of those sort of cloud type services that we, we buy online so all of those things are what uh, the government are hoping this will will capture I, I just struggle to see how it's going to be a terribly enforceable piece of legislation to be honest um it, it, and also the thing that kind of worries me about it is you're making as you are in new zealand the company is responsible for collecting the tax to give it to the government uh, if a large company from overseas i'm not saying like netflix or apple they'll, they'll, they'll just go with it but some other companies for example where new zealand uh, input would be absolutely minuscule but they're still there. they'll just say no nah, sorry we're not interested we just won't sell to new zealand anymore I'm I'm very curious about that to know what yeah. that means. I don't think anyone would say we won't sell to New Zealand anymore, and there will be there will be some limits that are uh, there will be some uh, thresholds, and those will vary. Uh, well, they vary between New Zealand and some of the some of the other countries. So, mm. um, my understanding is that 
offshore suppliers um, would be required to register and bring back the GST if the amount of tax would exceed New Zealand's $60,000 in a 12-month period. Right. So it does mean they need to be of, of some scale. Okay. They're doing you know, half a yep. million dollars yep. uh, or in not, or 400000 uh uh, dollars worth of uh, tran- you know transactions with New Zealanders, uh, and as you say, the big players will do it. So those Absolutely. you know the the biggest ones they'll matter most anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think there will be some frustration for people around. Well, some some things that they buy might you know might increase in price. There'll be other ones I would pick, like Netflix, where they will absorb the the price uh, difference. Well, then you've got the people like myself and 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 probably yourself, who actually don't subscribe to Netflix on a local basis anyway. Because we've been subscribers we've for a lot, long time a internationally. Yes. Well, there's something to, and there's something to be very careful of there. Um, did you notice did. The, the, the little gotcha there? <laughs> yes. If you're flaunting the rules in order to avoid the GST, how, how bad could it be for you? Did you oh, catch did, that? $25,000 as an individual if you're caught trying to avoid GST by signing up for overseas services through a a VPN etc now but they also add in there that there's a clause where if you're doing it for um, reasons of getting around geo-blocking rather to see the American content, that's okay. then it's not counted as that's avoiding the GST. Yeah, so yeah. So <laughs> I would be very surprised if we hear of people getting fined that oh, you know, $25,000. Yeah. But yep. it, it is there to say, hey, look, there's a right way to do this. There's a way that doesn't sort of defraud New Zealand businesses and so on. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's going to be a mix of opinions oh, on this one. Uh, but I can I can see how it does create a bit more of a level playing field for those international uh, providers versus our local yeah, ones, absolutely. and I think the certainly on the video side, I would imagine Netflix will not change their prices; mm. they will just reduce their margins and start paying tax, which is good for every New Zealander in that case. Absolutely. Um, so, as for the rest, we will see. Now, something called Gigabit is the sort of speed that we are used to having probably in most offices around New Zealand to connect one computer to a server mm-hmm. to another computers and so on. That's That's been pretty much the norm for a reasonable period of time. What it hasn't been the norm for is internet speeds. Oh. Uh, unless you're in uh, Dunedin, we're uh, chorus did their Gigatown uh, promotion, sort of a marketing thing, which is d- delivered uh, them gigabit uh, internet speeds. Uh, but... My Republic uh, will very shortly be announcing uh, gigabit UFB plans or ultra-fast broadband um, fibre internet plans at $499 a month. Now, this is curious to me because the lowest I've seen before for a, a, a commercial uh, gigabit uh, plan aimed at, aimed at businesses and on an unlimited basis, which this is, in New Zealand has been about twice that, about $1,000 oh. a month. So there's a particular type of business that could afford it. Now, yeah. this, by cutting that price in half... That's uh, a good way up, hasn't it? That's My Republic are making it much more absolutely. accessible, aren't they? It's amazing. So, yeah, I think this one's going to be interesting to watch and see what that does in terms of stirring things up. Now, My Republic were known in their home market of Singapore, and they're now expanding out right across the Asia-Pacific uh, area. They're in, uh, I think, Indonesia as well. They're moving into Australia as well as New Zealand, and, and no doubt more more countries to follow. 
and they see themselves as a bit of a challenger to the to the bigger brands. Uh, and I think this is the this is a sort of thing that uh, that helps stir up the internet market. Mm, absolutely. Uh, have they have they actually been in New Zealand at all, or are they coming? They're doing yeah. this as part of. I think they're tying it in with their one year sort of celebration of being okay. in New Zealand. That's and cool. yeah, they seem to be doing a, a, a good job uh, so far. So um, yeah. I like these sorts of things that, that stir well, it, it up. It shakes uh, the big fellas up a bit I, too, I'm doesn't sure it? the big fellas are sort of thinking, hold on, how, do, <laughs> how, how does this work? Um, but, you know, because there are people that are spending many times that for much slower Absolutely. speed internet connections. So that will impact them in a negative way, but uh, in terms of the overall impact for our local economy, being able to get those speeds to a business at a reasonable price is, is great. Absolutely. Now, uh, gadgets... We have been waiting for some new gadgets to come from Apple and from Microsoft for a little while now. You have sitting on your lap. Well, you've been yeah. you've been reading our notes, our agenda on your uh, on your existing iPad. What I now call my tiny silly iPad. <laughs> now, <laughs> instead, in this moment, you've just picked up the new iPad Pro oh, yeah. with its funky. Uh, cover which folds out into a keyboard, which is magnetically a- attached to the bottom, like like the old uh, you know covers Just did. Like, yeah. But this is the the smart uh, the smart keyboard from Apple, and uh, you you're dropping that onto your lap. How do you find that sort of sits sits on your lap? The term that Mike I think Microsoft coined lapability. <laughs> How does that actually work on your on your lap? It this is the new iPad Pro. It, it, it actually. Um yeah, it's very well balanced in the cover, which is something to look at it. I would have you wouldn't been have picked slightly that, right? skeptical about, but yeah. it just it sits there beautifully. Um, yeah, the keyboard the keyboard feels it, it looks like one of those sort of all in one rubbery things, but it's actually got separate keys that you can really notice, and they feel really nice. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's exceptionally well balanced. Um, more so even than my my silly little old iPad. Um, with its smart cover, cover, yeah. It, even though it's a bigger device, it, yeah. it works, um, works much, much better, better on your lap. Absolutely. Well, interesting. When I spoke to Apple about this, they actually used, um, and they probably won't like me quoting this, so I'm not officially <laughs> quoting them. Um, but uh, so, so, so I heard somebody at Apple use the lapability term. Um, I'll just say that, and um, well. I guess the reason that they pointed that out is when I compared this on my lap to the other products we're going to talk about shortly, the Surface Pro 4 and the Surface Book from Microsoft, there is something about what Apple have done here, even though it it doesn't look as though it's going to be, it works really pretty well on your lap. I think that's partly because it's not got as much depth because there is no trackpad mm. so you're just you know you're dealing with a keyboard and yes. the way that it folds up at the back up. you can't adjust the angle of the uh, iPad either but that means you've got something that's quite solid and mm. so to use it on your lap I think actually that is pretty good it is also something that would work reasonably well on an aeroplane too in terms of size um, so that's a good point too, I yes. think yeah Apple have, Apple have done a good a good job here they um, certainly have I mean I yeah like I, like I was saying to look at it you wouldn't think it would be anywhere near as stable as it is um, but it gives you this nice big flat surface essentially underneath and it just it just works really well what and about that screen size it's awesome <laughs> 12.9 inch screen so we're you know it's um, so much bigger 
than so, than the old yeah. iPad. Slightly bigger than the uh, new Surface Pro Four, which comes in at twelve point three inch. It does, you know, just working on it, and you know, I was doing some uh, some work in, in Word uh, before, and that's you know one of the things we've had in the last year is Microsoft making sure their Office applications work well on mm. every platform. And it's actually the Microsoft Office applications that turn this into a really productive device, I think. I think so. Oh, and we were talking before we started the podcast, too, about um, the lack of the trackpad and how it's, it's actually a bit of a pain when you're trying to, to write content on an, on an normal iPad. But this larger one actually does away with that because it's easier to use. To, it's not so of, hard to get the cursor where you want yeah, it. We, uh, I mean, obviously just down to the size of the screen. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's remarkable how much those few extra inches improve it mm. so that's that's the ipad pro um you know i think this is something for the people that are ipad fans it's well worth looking at it's Definitely. you know a really really nice screen um you've got the stylus available which is a lot of fun uh to use if you're artistic and so on i'm not particularly but i still had just fun because it looks so cool on the True, screen. Your iPad. Yeah, um, cool. And they've they've got uh, they've got sensors in the stylus that um, the way it interacts with the screen that the it can tell uh, what angle you're holding it on. And so they call the stylus a pencil. Yes. And part of that is with some of the drawing apps. Uh, one of the ones I was playing with, you know, you could you can set it to be whatever you want. But I set it as a pencil, and when you put it on the side. It is. It is like uh, you know using a lead pencil on it on its side, where you can do that sort shading of uh, shading and so on. Uh, and it and it looks exactly right. So that's a unique that they've got that yeah. I don't think anyone else has uh, has done before. And certainly, Microsoft haven't done with the Surface Pro. So there are some sort of standouts there. Um, also, the stylus plugs into the side of the iPad. Uh, it has a lightning connector on it. Can plug into the side, and if you plug it in for even just 15 seconds, uh, that's enough to give it uh, about half an hour of uh, time. So that's I got it new out of the box, and it was 0% charge. It was completely flat. I plugged it into the side of the iPad. It, it then sort of knew what was going on. It paired itself automatically, oh. left it in for 30 seconds, and that gave it a really good uh, really good uh, charge. So. It's a reasonably well thought out product. I've got, to, I've, I've got to say. I mean, yes, uh, it's fair, fair to say that there's been some inspiration. I think there from uh, from Microsoft <laughs> yeah. with the, with the Surface, and yes. and just about everyone now has a a product that takes this uh, approach of a keyboard that magnetically attaches to their tablet and has some connectors, so you don't have to have a separate battery in your keyboard. Uh, and Apple's one is very different to Microsoft's approach. Of course, it's iOS-based. There is not a full desktop operating system on there. It's not going to be that tidy to try and hook it's up to an external monitor still has and the so same on, right? limitations as the existing iPads in terms of, of no USB ports, no external sort of connectors. and yeah. So you are still going to have the same difficulties, mm. but... Um but I think there's a, there's a market there's for that, and there's something to be for said for the simplicity. I think of iOS Absolutely. and just yep. you know turn it on. You've got Touch ID, so from an authentication point of view, you know turn it on, hit the or hit the button, and and it uses your fingerprint to uh, to lock you in. Uh, very you know very quick and simple from Absolutely. from that perspective. Um, Windows these days is certainly getting better yes. uh, in terms of its ability to wake up quickly. Um, but you 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 know you've got to decide. 
you know how you how you want to use it, yeah. and it's not uh, it's not it's, it's just not as sim- simple as the iPad. No. So, for instance, um, let's start talking. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the the uh, Surface Pro Four now. So, I've got that sitting here next to uh, Surface Pro Three. Some um, some immediate th- things to notice: the keyboard is just better. It's got these chiclet keys with spaces between them that the old uh, Surface Pro 3 didn't have. It's got a bigger trackpad, which just seems seems smoother. Uh, more Seemed really, really responsive. To yeah, more more like a um, you know a really good laptop trackpad. Mm. It's mm. Um, it's really nice. Uh, it's got the Windows Hello camera, which is a 3D <laughs> camera that just authenticates you. So that gives you uh, you know an an equivalent, maybe a better option than what the iPad has in terms of its fingerprint reader. So it's an, it's an alternative yeah. mechanism for logging in. I think probably the fingerprint reader is still slightly faster. Yep. No, I think you're I probably know. right it's, there on speed. Yeah. 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 Yep. But so, and I found it does vary according to the light, but you can right. you can I think you can tune that, and it's um, you know that can improve over, over time. Yes, I'm sure the more um, you use it, the more it gets used to. I think you might have to sort of train that up. I haven't had a yeah, big play around with that yet, but that side of it does seem to work well. But as you say, this the Surface Pro for the Surface products uh, have got that sort of they've got a reasonable suite of ports, having a full size USB. Mm. And they've got that docking port, so you can use them with the old the docking station for the Surface Pro Three, but you need right. an insert to make them fit because okay. it's a bit it's a bit slimmer. Or there's a new docking station, which is really just a connector, and then there's a box with all the connections on it. And rather than being one that's focused on the size and shape of your uh, surface, this can go you know really across a whole range of surfaces mm. because it doesn't you know you're not sliding it in to, to right. fit into it. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I think that's a reasonable approach. It's 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 well, flexible. That's, a, that's an, the exact opposite approach to how Apple would take maybe. something like that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not wanting to. Even well, like the thing with Apple is even you know even if we look at the MacBook and the MacBook Pro and so on, we just don't have any docking options no. at all. There is no, no docking station, and that's one of the things that's always frustrated me around the MacBook as a real working computer yes. that you want to be able to take home, dock to your monitor, take it to the office, just have it link up to your Ethernet and all your USB devices, whatever they may be, whether it's your keyboard and mouse or you know what have you. And, of course, yeah, you can do those wirelessly now, but mm. um, yeah, your monitor connection and so on, having all of that work nicely through a dock is great. And, of course, we're not that far off a time when all these things will happen wirelessly, including having wireless power in our desk so you can charge it but we're not there yet not quite and having a docking station i think works really well so yeah, that sort of makes the both the surface pro 4 and the, the surface book uh really that professional class uh machine that's going to be you know i think picking up a lot of interest in corporate environments where Absolutely. yeah they they want the tablet type capabilities but there are also certain things that sort of need to tick the boxes well, from a productivity perspective tell you tell you a little car related story to do with this a few years ago um toyota new zealand came over all all ipad they were they were giving them away they were doing all sorts they every every staff member had them they were doing all the presentations on ipad and everything was going to be ipad and just recently, everything's actually gone more Microsoft Surface. No one's ever said anything, but I, I would suspect that it's, it's, they've found that while iPads are great, I love my iPad, 
I love my iPad at home, and that's generally where it stays. Because trying to actually work on it, just, it's not quite flexible enough. It, it does what it does extremely well. But in terms of, um, well, I know, just, just the really thing that really hangs me up on it is just writing an article on an iPad. That's fine. You can do the writing on it, but then getting it uh, across to something else in a format that that other thing will read or be able to open or not mangle is just... It's a bit, more, bit more work. It is, it is. And yeah. that sounds really, really lazy when you put it that way, but it's just frustrating that it doesn't quite just... That side of it, theory, work. should be getting easier as we've got yes. Microsoft Office applications now That's, across all these devices yeah, yeah. And, and so on. But there, there are still some differences, and I think... Uh, yeah, it's a smart move by Apple to come out with the iPad Pro yes. because, yep, market share was was dropping for them, uh, or you know, sales were dropping on the uh, the iPad uh, products. Yes, and I think this will you know add a bit of invigoration back mm. into that. Yeah. Uh, but Microsoft are not sort of resting on their their laurels here. No, uh, they they really not. they really seem to be putting uh, every every effort in so um so we talked about the uh surface pro 4 nice step up on the surface pro 3 uh, i you know i think there will you know anyone any business that's probably started down that surface track will will be pretty pleased that that's heading in the right a, direction yeah i think it's a it's a really good solid upgrade on on the last one that um brings sort of quite subtle improvements but they all make quite a meaningful difference to the end product yeah they do absolutely you know including the dock which now has two um you know ports in it for connecting um this mini display port connectors so you straight into two external monitors without having to connect straight into the device uh really nice worth noting though that if you've got those old angled um connectors that microsoft had made available or were selling to connect to the surface pro 3 and prior um, mini display port connectors they do not fit the new device <laughs> so thank you Microsoft for changing your mind uh, probably a good move longer term but a little yes. bit anno- a little bit annoying uh, when you bought the old accessory um, okay now I've, I've just I've just sat down or I've just put in front of me this new surface book this is a product which Microsoft haven't announced here in New Zealand uh, so yes thank you to somebody for organising and, um, well, flying this over for me from the launch in uh, Sydney last week, uh, Nick Boyer. So uh, um, thank you, Nick. Uh, so, yeah, because of that, we uh, we now have one to um, have a bit of a play with. And I'm going to say, as far as a laptop, I've shown this around a, f- a few uh, people uh, just over the last few days, and... Yeah, there's one of the common comments was, "Oh, that's very MacBook-like." Very. Um, it it is very nicely built. It's definitely got its uniques, but it has uh, a build style and a quality about it that that does uh, echo the Mac the MacBook. Absolutely. Um, but it it has that unique that, like the Surface Pro, it comes with its own stylus which magnetically attaches to the side. Uh, something also happens on the Surface Pro 4. It's a little bit flat on one edge just to allow that to uh, sort of stick on magnetically, but it's got that stylus, and you've got this option of undocking and taking the screen off. So while it looks like a really awesome and solid and st- yeah, probably the most stylish uh, Windows laptop that we've seen to date, Easily. Uh, the yeah. screen also comes off, and it's a big screen. This is 13.5 inches. 
so using that for uh, writing notes on uh, with say you know one note or ever note in a meeting and so on is a is a really nice mm. experience mm. it's a really good size um, and yeah I, I'm, I'm very impressed overall with this not a, not a whole lot of negatives to it no I, I think I, mean, I have to say I think that hinge is just one of the sexiest things I've ever seen on a laptop ever <laughs> it just looks awesome um, it, it's just it's the one device I mean what we've talked about love the the um, the iPad Pro, love the new Surface. This thing just eclipses all of them for me. I think it's just amazing. And for me to say that again about a Windows device, <laughs> yes, very <laughs> rare. Being a you're an Android and an iOS I, guy, I am, right? Android I am. phones and yeah, uh, iOS, and iOS sort of our, yeah, uh, Mac Tablets, products and yeah, laptops yeah. and computers. But that yeah. That would ser- that, that tempts me extraordinarily. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's very nicely built bit of kit. Um, really a decent uh, trackpad keyboard. Mm. Uh, you know the the whole thing is a very nice piece of equipment to use. Um, I think with both of these products, we've or there's already been one firmware update. There might be a few more coming, uh, especially as it seems to be Microsoft's history. But I've I've not personally had any major issues right. uh, with it yet. It seemed to work, uh, you know, pretty well. Other than battery life, right. um, so I'm not finding it maybe sleeps quite as well as it it should. Uh, it's telling me it's got a an hour left or 11 percent remaining of the battery, uh, and it hasn't had a massive amount of use today. I mean, I have used it in a, in a, in a couple of meetings and so on. Uh, and it wasn't fully charged last night, to be to be fair. Uh, but yeah, and and it's interesting in that most of the battery is actually in the base, yes. in the core sort of you know traditional laptop piece. And if you get a model with the with the graphics processor with a GPU that sits in the in the base piece as well, to ah, really? um, you know for stability and yeah. so on. Um, and the, the tablet piece itself, if you separate it off, is is very very thin. Um, it, it feels sort of thinner, thinner than the the Surface mm. uh, Pro, um, and yeah, as you say, for for such a big screen, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty light. It staggered so. me as how light it was, and obviously yeah. that's due to the fact that it has very little battery in the actual tablet. In part. the actual tablet piece, but you know, once they're docked together, then yeah, um, yeah they they um, it, it draws on the the battery from the base, so. Yeah, overall, I'm really very, very interested in how this is going to come on for Microsoft. I think for a version one product, I don't think many people would be disappointed with this and think, no. oh, I've got to wait for the next mm. version because it's actually, uh, you know, in most regards, it ticks the boxes. The hinge isn't quite as rigid as in um, some mm. laptops. But look at it. Um, I mean, just look at it. It's gorgeous. So it doesn't, you know, yeah, you can live with it. It's, it's yeah. So there, I think there's some there's a small there short, a, shortcoming yes. there if you hold yeah. it at particular angles where it will sort of fall back on itself. But in most situations, on a lap or or on a uh, table, it's going to be just fine. I would suspect that uh, on a, on a lap or something, it, it may have a tendency to to wiggle around a wee bit too if you're typing on it. If it's and because the screen's surface. got a bit of weight, yeah. um, it's yeah. not actually as lappable. Yes, uh, using that term yes. again as. Um, the iPad Air. Yes, no. So you've yeah. got more of a depth to it because of the big trackpad. Yeah. Uh, and there's a fair bit of weight in that in the screen. So yes, it's it's 
not quite a, a traditional laptop in those regards. No. That's that's probably the only thing to you know to be aware of. Um, actually, let's I'm going to try it on my lap again <laughs> now. But um, yeah, it's it's not too much different from a normal laptop. No. But there's just a bit more weight in that screen yeah. than normal. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. It, do, it, do, it definitely if you've got if you if your uh, knees are on a bit of an, a downward angle, um, yeah, you, you just have to be a little, little bit careful. Yeah. But if your knees are flat like where you're sitting, yes, uh, a different seat, it'd be just fine. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, a small sort of bit of bit of tremor when I'm typing on my lap, uh, which is not a very you know it's a very occasional thing. I'd put up with it for those looks. I think it's just just gorgeous. It's a fantastic looking thing. I'm sure uh, Microsoft will be will be pleased pleased to hear that. Uh, although Microsoft New Zealand uh, probably don't want us to be talking about it at all because uh, they don't sell the jolly thing at the moment. They haven't made an announcement, and knowing that Apple uh, Microsoft have become you know sort of Apple esque in in a way with some of their secrecy, um, it's more than likely that the people at Microsoft New Zealand, or certainly most of them. Um, may well not uh, know when this is no. actually uh, being launched. Yes. I mean, if the launch is in the next month or so, yes, they'll they'll know what's going on. But they've got to set up distribution channels and so on. Uh, but if it's off into next year, then uh, they yeah, may well not actually uh, know mm-hmm. a whole lot more than more than us. Well, I'm, um, I'm going to be one of those people and say, look. They need to sell it here. I'll buy one. Of course, I won't because I'm not in the market for one at the moment. But that's you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah. So well done, um, Microsoft and Apple. Two actually really really cool products. A different. I think they you know they they fit a slightly different requirement, but yeah. there there is a bit of crossover there. You know, if you don't need a full blown PC, then the simplicity of the iPad Pro is really cool. Absolutely. If you do need a full blown uh, PC. You know the the new Surface products are are great. You know in terms of docking them at your desk, just work all day on it, do everything you need to do, but also take it away for meetings, handwrite notes, and just whatnot. think it's amazing that we've got to the stage where we can talk about something that small and that thin and actually refer to it without laughing as a full blown PC. Mm. Um, there's there's still a few gotchas, like for oh, instance yeah. uh, the, the 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 stylus on the Surface products. You tap it once for. Uh, to bring into OneNote and start scribbling a note, which is cool. Tap it twice, does a screenshot. And I was sitting in OneNote and I tapped it. And what did it do? Oh, it opened the other version of OneNote um, because you've got the tablet-friendly version as well as the full-blown uh, oh, Windows course. version. Okay. So we've still got that kind of you know oddity uh, that that you know Windows has quite. these these two worlds that have have come very close together yes. with Windows 10, uh, but you can still get you know apps across both that I you know I think. Uh, you know, could could confuse a person or two, but yep. uh, it's not too hard to work around that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So yes. So that's that's the Surface products. Now, alongside uh, Surface and Windows Ten, Microsoft, of course, last year bought Nokia's you know, handset division. Yes. The newest phones to come out of that hitting the New Zealand market very soon. In fact, you can. Go online for the first time. You can pre-order these from the Microsoft Store. So they're Lumia 950 and 950 XL are uh, are online now. And if you order them, uh, I think they're design. They will ship uh, by December the eighth. So 1149 for the 5.2 inch screen um, Lumia 950. 
And of course, these are the phones that you can get a dock for and actually plug them into a keyboard or mouse and they become a mini PC right. of sorts. So yes, they're at the top end of, of you know what we've ever seen for a Windows phone in terms of pricing. Uh, but in terms of capabilities, if you get the uh, the dock, it's the sort of device you potentially could take on the road with you and run, for instance, office applications mm. and, and do a bit of work uh, from. So a very, very curious device. And the Lumia 950 XL uh, is that more sort of phablet size one with the uh, the bigger screen. Uh, I think it's, uh, 5.7 inch. And both of these have a, a 20 megapixel uh, camera, so uh, very, very nice sort of optics and so on is what we're expecting from yeah, the previous well, Lumia. Zeiss optics, that's going to yeah. be a good lens. Um, what sort of. They're, they're, these are, I think, probably you know work type phones. Um, they're not super sexy and stylish no, from the one no, I had a, had, a, no. had a play around with. Um, but they're going to be good, solid, reliable phones. They come with 32 gigs worth of storage as standard. You can put a micro SD card in them for up to another 200 gigs. And they will be the first phones really launched into, well, globally, mm. uh, that come with this uh, new Windows 10. Right. So uh, It's a fairly yeah. capable looking phone, you know, judging from its specs. It's got yeah. a, a fairly grunty processor and it's... Um yeah, there's a lot of stuff packed into it. Like you say, it's not the not the sexiest looking thing. No, but it certainly no. it certainly sort of would suggest it's a, a fairly serious piece of business equipment. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> and you know, I think there'll be certainly some uh, Microsoft enthusiasts that'll be jumping, you know, jumping on board oh, with these. I mean, I think they're they're good finds. You can't get too far wrong, other than those apps that are that are missing that haven't launched yet for for Windows, but are available on iOS and iOS and Android. Yes. Uh, so there, there's a little bit of a, a gap there as we wait to see whether Microsoft sort of new play to allow people to bring their iOS apps across yeah. to Windows, uh, whether that will work for them. Uh, apparently, there's a bit of a hold up on the software that allows that to happen right. with, with Android apps, but it's all it's all moving along. Mm. Uh, now. Ultra HD Blu-ray. Um, we've got details through the other day that um, that's that's not too far off, uh, and now Sony are lined up uh, to be launching Blu-ray discs that go from the full HD resolution, which is what Blu-ray discs were in the past, right up to Ultra HD or, or, or 4K. So, um, of course, we we stream a lot of content these days, but for the best quality, uh, you want that in a you know, ideally uncompressed format or less compressed format, and that's really what Blu-ray brings. So, you know, for those that have got a really nice uh, 4K TV, uh, these new Blu-rays will be a, a key part in, in getting that that awesome picture quality, right? Absolutely, it's going to be pretty fantastic, I'd say. The one thing that gets me though is what an absolutely crap range of titles they're launching with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the, all these old uh, all oh. these old bits and pieces, right? Han- Hancock and the Smurfs too, Amazing Spider Man too. It's like you know they may look great, but no one wants to watch them. Let's let's face it. Um, they are, restore, they are restoring that's, some of their some of their one, older yeah, movies that are with, with the real meters that are, that are quite cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know Men Men in Black, Ghostbusters, and, and the Fifth, fifth Element. Element yeah, so, some of that stuff will be uh, will be will be pretty cool oh, uh, in in 4K. So uh, yeah, but I think it's just good to see this because the standard that we get through Netflix, uh, while it's probably you know I'm I'm pretty okay with it. Yep. I think you know if you're spending a lot of money on a really top 
uh, screen or f- even a 4K projector and so on, yeah. having uh, best high definition or you know ultra high definition content will really make that look awesome. Absolutely. So uh, it's a good part of the picture yeah. to see that. Uh, I, I wandered that into filled a, in. wandered into I think it was a JB Hi-Fi or some electronic store the other day, and there was some massive 70 inch 4K thing blasting, and it was just like. It was like when I first saw um, Blu-ray for the first time. Yeah. The same same sort of effect. It was like, oh my god, that is just so startlingly clear and high quality. And uh, yeah, I can see myself blowing vast sums of money on it in, in the probably not too distant future. Yeah, fair fair enough too. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I I think this will be good. Uh, Sony, the second one to uh, to to announce the sort of four K uh, Blu-ray. Uh, but they're they're a pretty important player in, in the scheme of things, so uh, so that's good. Um, now, Poss- possibly throwing out a few hints about um, PlayStation Five, maybe what type of, of format it'll support. I don't know. Well, I think we can already do 4K <laughs> to a degree through our current consoles, can't we? But um, so, but I'm not, not sure that the Blu-ray no, player will, sure uh, will, will, yeah. will be able to do yeah. that. But they they could do an in-between upgrade as well to could well to cater to that. Um, now, Uber have just um, made an announcement around a 10% drop in their in their fares here in New Zealand, yes. which is, is interesting because they've got these varying knobs that they can turn. And when they drop the price down, uh, they're usually trying to encourage a few more people to use their service. When they turn it up, they're you know, trying to get a few more drivers. Uh, so maybe they've got too many drivers on the road or maybe they're concerned a little bit about some competition. Uh, there's been announcement of a new uh, provider uh, providing a, a, a local uh, app for taxi drivers. Yes, I'm not sure that that is really going to make a, a big dent into the market. What's what's your thought on this? I, don't think, I mean, generally speaking, if on the few occasions I I have to use a, a, a taxi or something, uh, I will use Uber simply because it's the easiest option for me. Pulling out my phone. Open the app up, and and it's it's all sort of spelled out for you. To be honest, they're talking about being ten percent cheaper. That's probably neither here nor there, really. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's yeah. nice, but I don't think it's really gonna. It's certainly not going to increase the frequency I use Uber. It's not really going to change my decision whether I'd use a taxi or Uber. Um, possibly, if this new, if there is a new taxi app that makes getting a taxi as simple and straightforward as as using an Uber, then yeah, I can see where that would concern them, but I don't think there will be any time soon. I haven't tried any of the new ones, but I can't see them being that easy. Has it been too long coming? Is, is the taxi industry just moving too slowly? Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, that's that's what you get when you're, you're like an old established industry that's suddenly faced with a company doing the same thing as them, but in a totally different way. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. so. Yeah, I would have loved to have been involved with uh, you know a, a taxi company and been been advising them because you know I think the taxi industry really could have addressed this if they were you know they Absolutely. were fast moving yeah. and they realised the scale of what Uber were doing. It sort of would have to be almost an industry wide you know approach certainly. Mm. Um, but yeah, most of the most of the attempts so far have been have been pretty disappointing, yep. and it's you know it's 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 not it's not good for our local economy to have a international uh, company come in and do a better job than the than mm. the local firms and to be taking a whole chunk of the revenue you know Absolutely. offshore. Um, and 
you know, I don't know what percentage ends up going offshore. I think they charge about 20% uh, as the cut that, that they take. Uh, and, of course, a lot of that goes into local staff and yeah. know, support yeah. and so on. But uh, still uh, probably that's... a good chunk of it in, ends up somewhere, somewhere else in the world. And, of course, they can adjust those figures when, whenever they want, yes, right? Exactly. So, um, But in terms of the service that Uber provides, it's, a, it's generally, a, generally a very good one. So, uh, yeah, it's – oh, well, it's, yeah, it is – I mean, I, we, we sort of say that, but I have to admit probably oh, – 30, 40% of the, the time that I've actually used Uber, uh, it has been um, a taxi driver in a taxi. <laughs> so they seem to be ones that have jumped on board with Uber here quite quite. Yes, I mean, that's certainly that's certainly the case, uh, you know, here yes. in Auckland, I imagine, in, in Wellington, where you've still got a lot of drivers that are driving for, for both, right? Yeah. And so they haven't uh, completely sort of, yeah, but d- ditch the old model. I, you yeah. know, I find a mix. So some some drivers are doing a bit of both. Some have moved entirely across uh, to you know to the world of Uber yeah. and don't drive a traditional cab, or they've come into driving yeah, because just, of Uber. Absolutely. And there are there are incentives. They were doing um, last time I heard there was a uh, if one driver brings a new driver in, then that driver gets a five hundred dollar um, bonus for mm-hmm. finding another driver, and the new driver coming in. Uh, gets a five hundred dollar uh, joining bonus for coming on board. Yeah. So well, yeah, there are those sorts of incentives to get people into it. It is expensive for those yes. who haven't, you know, uh, you know, had had the the right license and so yes. on before. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it seems to be a model that um, is is very enticing for people well, to come on board they, and give it a go. They make some fairly impressive guarantees for sort of minimum amounts of income and things like that too. So I don't know whether they're actually guarantees or all vague promises, but they certainly sound good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, certainly when they first started, well, there wasn't much. They were, they were. I think they were paying people sort of by the hour to drive yeah. for them, and then they moved into a standard model that they they follow overseas. Yeah, yeah. So the last thing I wanted to mention for this episode is the All Dock, and uh, we've just had one of these sent over there. It's uh, a German company, and they've made this. It's sort of a super dock, isn't it? It's yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big. Basically, basically charging your smartphone, tablet, and even a smartwatch, and it's sort of a, a, a big box. Uh, they've been doing this on Kickstarter, and I think you can do other online orders. Um, and yeah, this one has enough space in it, basically, to charge uh, up to two tablets and two smartphones. It's got all the power and connectors that come up underneath, uh, and you can even plug in your uh, Apple Watch to it. So it's kind of cool, right? It's very cool. It's very cool. We've got the one I'm playing with here is. is a wooden one, uh, and it is actually wooden rather than just like fake plastic that looks like wood. Uh, and it's actually a really nice piece of furniture, really. It's yeah, lovely. yeah, it's really cool. All the, um, the the plugs are magnetically attached to the bottom of it, and it's it's. It seems like quite a good design. It does. It's not it does. absolute perfect the way it sort of fits, but it's no. it's ninety nine percent. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I think you've got a bunch of devices. It's probably a pretty good, pretty good way to be able to charge them. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. it goes well with so many cords. It's uh, yeah, very impressive. Yep. Hey, well, that's us uh, for this week. So thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, now, Damien, if they want to track you down, oh, I'm all over the place uh, on Twitter at OversteerNZ. Um, Web pages is. <laughs> 
Websteer.co.nz, that's the one. Yes, yep, yep. absolutely. Um, also, I mean, check out driven.co.nz. Do I write for the for the Herald? Um, Facebook is Oversteer NZ. You just put Oversteer NZ in anywhere, basically, and I'll tend to pop up with that. Yep, so. and the, the podcasts are uh, at NewZealandMotoringPodcast.com or they also go online at podcast.co.nz, right? Absolutely, well, and of course have... they're all over Oversteer and Facebook, everything too, so yeah, yeah. Yep. we're Good everywhere. Stuff. You, you can't right. get away from us. Hey, well, thanks, Damien. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, if you do want to find other podcasts, then definitely podcast.co.nz is, is the place to go. Uh, yeah, just stay tuned. We've got some new uh, podcast announcements uh, coming over the next little while. We also uh, will have details online very soon of uh, New Zealand's first podcasting conference. And we've got, got an interesting lineup of, of speakers coming for that one. So stay tuned. And if you sign up for our uh, mailing list at podcast.co.nz, uh, we'll be sending out some uh, details there if you want to be in first and uh, maybe even get access to uh, to a bit of a special discount so uh, yeah thanks everyone catch you next week bye see ya oh one more thing that I should actually have mentioned is that we're having two gatherings leading up to Christmas one in Auckland on the 27th of November one in Wellington on the 4th of December it would be really great to uh, to meet up. So if you'd like to do that, visit nztechpodcast.com for the details. We're partnering up on both events with GeekZone and in Wellington, also with the Access Granted crew. So it'd be great to have you there. Visit us at www.nztechpodcast.com uh, to find out how to register for those events. All right, see ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.